Hi, hello everybody. FPL DJ here, reluctantly reviewing the 2-0 win by West Ham over Wolves. Bruno Large's last game in charge. We will look at what West Ham continue to do well. Hopefully only what West Ham continue to do well as Wolves continue to suffer injuries and more weird tactics on top of it. And we shall see how we can utilize these advantages and flaws moving forward. Okay, let's talk West Ham's A game. The left continues to create for their right, but the reliance now is less on the left-sided midfield of Paqueta and Fornells in this particular match because, finally, Bowen and Skamaka officially have a beautiful partnership moving forward. Skamaka continues to make runs down the left side that Antonio has been making, but in this particular case, Skamaka does have the additional passing ability to be able to pick up Bowen between the lines, down the flanks. Basically, Skamaka's passing was on fire this match, and he found Bowen through a sea of Wolves players, especially seen in that Bowen assist, where prior to that dodgy moment, Skamaka actually passed the ball through four Wolves players in order to reach Bowen on that right flank. So West Ham continued to utilize the fact that Ainuri did not receive any help from his winger, whether it was Pedro Neto or, the, or Traore when he came on. It did not matter whatsoever. Suchek ventured into that zone. Rice was in it in the opening stages. Even Thilo Kera, the right back, had a moment where he drifted all the way to the right side. So, really, it came down to who and when they attacked Wolves' left side zone. So, we'll talk more about that later because it involves Wolves' structure. But, as it stands, West Ham do have the intelligence of targeting the weak spots of opposition spaces. Now, a quick word on West Ham's defensive potential in FPL because there were a number of questions that surfaced during the international break involving the debate between Fabianski, Zuma and perhaps even Thilo Kera. At the moment, Kera is priced at 4.5, so is Zuma, so is Sufal, slightly cheaper. And really at the moment, a lot of people are favouring Emerson for his 4.0 base price. But as it stands, it looks like Theolo Kera, with his flexibility to be able to play centre-back as well as full-back, does give him the nod here because compared to Sufal, Kera's threat going forward is a mix between shot and crossing threat. His assist for Bowen actually came from a shot from range. So the question comes down to whether you feel that there would be a replicable attribute. So the only reason... Kira played right back was because Dawson came back into centre back, which has not happened before. So credit to Moyes for using Kira's strengths in that particular sense. And frankly, his crossing ability is much better than Sufal's anyway. So in conclusion, if you were to rank their potential, Kira at four and a half million far surpasses the slightly cut price value of Sufal as well as Emerson. Right, let's talk Wolves real quick. The bright sparks to address quickly all the way have been Enori as well as Mateos Nunes' flexible positioning. So in this final match, Bruno Lage had a dilemma. 
in at centre back first and foremost, whether to field young Toti Gomez or whether to have Johnny operating as a centre back in emergency cases such as this. So, fielding Johnny Samedo and Kilman at centre back forced Large to come up with solutions as their attack largely operated on the edge of the box, not really penetrating into the penalty box themselves. Alama coming on for the injured Petronetto perhaps was a blessing in disguise. Number one, because his threat was more central and he actually used his dribbling a lot less. Secondly, the link-up play between him and Diego Costa in the second half was something worth noting. It was almost similar to Adama and Raul in the early stages of his Wolves career. So, really the question comes down to whether the new coach can utilise this potential relationship. The silver lining among all of this is the attacking presence of Ryan Ainuri, who continues to be taken advantage of, but at least in possession, Ainuri does have a lot of threat going forward. I don't mean him as an overlapping fullback, bombing into the box as we saw against Southampton, but his underlapping runs, the narrow runs that forces his wingers to pull wide, are what make him truly valuable. Now the jury is out on whether Enori will continue to make his runs into the penalty area or whether he'll actually be spotted. But as it stands, because of the presence of Enori with Pedro Neto slash Guedes slash Adama Traore on the left side, it forces other midfielders to move out wide. And one particular player, interestingly, that did this was Mateos Nunes. His only shot of the entire game actually came from that left side where he ventured into. And it just goes to show that uh, Wolves' five forwards around Neves and Moutinho are still extremely flexible. They may defend with a front three of Costa, Adama and Podens even, but as it stands, the Wolves' front line is extremely fluid and it is very likely that the new coach will not rely on a number nine until the second half. Every result, every situation, no matter how good or how bad, will always reflect on a larger picture as well as a smaller scale. The sacking of Bruno Lage after 15 months just shows how innovative the Premier League is. Through competition, we can welcome with open arms the ideas of the Derby, Potter and whoever that comes in, especially through the promoted sides such as Marco Silva. So the bottom line here is, will a new philosophy come in for Wolves through a new manager or is it simply just finding a new relationship that works between players such as Owen and Skamaka as shown by West Ham. This is FPL Teacher speaking, finishing off the Saturday games and quickly going through the Sunday games tomorrow.